Today's episode of the Natural Habitat Podcast is brought to you by Meister High End. Spooky. Meister High End, you know what they're doing. They're out there elevating cannabis culture. Taking so, that shit to the next level. Uh-huh. You remember like uh you remember going over to like a family member's house or watching a movie with some sort of exalted boss figure and they yep. have some sort of fancy whiskey set with glasses and a crystal bottle or some yep. sort of fancy cigar case with a nice cigar cutter and lighter on their desk. A humidor. Okay, well take all that stuff and apply it to cannabis. These are the kind of products that you get at Meister High End. So go to GetMeister.com today and use the code NHP. Save yourself 10%. Today, we're, uh, we're, we're going to be going down a rabbit hole. We're going to be talking about some of the stranger things in life. <laughs> it's, it, I know right now it seems like it's going to be a Stranger Things episode, but it's not. <laughs> that was very funny. It was. Uh, you know, I try. I try. Uh, but we are here living it up. Hollywood nights and shit's about to get weird. So Dad let's do it. Dad jokes, you diss my dad jokes. I didn't think it was that bad. I had to work Stranger Things in there somewhere with the theme song. I was just, no, you know, it was good. Was, uh, I'm not a dad. I'm not good. a dad. The Tap Podcast. Yo, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Natural Habitat Podcast, the place to be Hollywood Nights. My name is Mikey Buya. My name is Dr. Michio, not you. And uh, today we um, we actually already had an episode that we had recorded a couple days ago. We are recording this uh, actually. We this is like a time doesn't exist kind of situation because the episode for Tuesday, which is what you're listening to right now, <laughs> drops at midnight, twelve oh one Pacific Standard Time, uh, Tuesday morning, and we are currently recording this at twelve thirty. In in the morning, Tuesday morning. This is a late Hollywood night. Somehow we are recording this after it has been released. If if you look right now and it is twelve oh five, you'll see that this episode is up and released. How did that happen? I have no idea. But we had something already recorded. <laughs> the shadow does know. <laughs> we already had something recorded. It was a great episode. Probably the best episode we ever did. Do you remember that, Joey? I think so. This episode that we did the other day, and it was uh, it it was golden. There were so many great moments. Uh, I think I think I, it was a TV Tuesday on Stranger Things. Yeah, I think I cried at one point, and then uh, you know you played a lot of air piano. That was yeah. the thing that happened, and and uh, we came in here today to do some final editing and some ads for it, and we got to talking with Brant and Grant, our new executives. Yep. We went down this crazy ass, uh, this crazy rabbit hole of, uh, of a discussion that was kind of all based around simulation theory. <clears throat> so it turns out these guys are heavy on the simulation theory. They both wear ties that have circuit boards on them. Uh, that has some sort of significance, I guess. I haven't really put it together yet, but uh, we were talking about a lot of shit, <clears throat> and we decided that, you know, time doesn't matter. None of this could be real, so why not go in here and talk about it? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, see, I think that we're super into conspiracy theories, not because that we wholeheartedly believe them, because we don't. Most of them are completely outlandish and wild bullshit. But it makes you think, you know what I'm saying? It makes you it makes you look at things from other perspectives. It makes you like challenge the status quo. It makes you like go against the grain a little bit and like kind of take faith out of what you've been told and put it into figuring out for yourself, you know? And <clears throat> that's what's perfect about these type of rabbit holes like the simulation theory and other things like it. I think it's going to be a perfect example. Yeah, and for, uh, for people out here that aren't familiar with the simulation theory, haven't, uh, haven't heard about it, or maybe just kind of, you know, know the reference but don't really know about it, 
what it is is pretty much that we are in some sort if you've seen the matrix you know what the simulation theory is that's pretty much in a nutshell simulation theory we're in some sort of computer program or something beyond that point and this is all a simulation that is occurring in the future because if uh if if you look at how things looked in the beginning of video games, we talk about video games a lot. Look at Super Mario and look at, you know, uh, what's his face from Assassin's Creed. Uh, I forget the guy's name. Whatever the fuck his name is, the main character. You, uh, you take these two characters just between this gap that they were made, what, 30, 40 years? Just the difference between the two and how similar... Assassin's Creed looks to real life and to a real person and if you take that add another hundred years You can imagine how lifelike this shit can actually get and if it could get to the point to where you can't tell the difference between real life and reality Then there's no saying that we're already in that Yeah, exactly. So it's like it's like look at CGI, you know some CGI movies get it pretty close and if you think that's close just wait until you see what's coming, you know, and, and the technology that's out now between augmented reality and virtual reality and all these things, we're on the verge of a singularity with it already. People just don't realize it. So, like, put yourself in a scenario and just imagine that you were to play a virtual reality game. Somebody was going to ask you to, like, come try this new technology, this new game, but there's no goggles, there's no anything you plug into this motherfucker and all of a sudden everything's through your own eyes yeah you know you you just see everything different you know and and you can't discern anymore or decipher what is the difference you can't tell what is the actual reality and what is virtual reality and then when it comes to that point then it's like you said you know it's too late to wonder which one was real because it was never real. You know what I mean? Like once you catch up to the original thing, you know, there's no way to tell the difference anymore. And, and it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. And, and when you think about all the things that a lot of these people have said about how they're finding coding in, in math and all this stuff and, and we'll catch up with all that later, but yeah, um, that was a, that, that was something that I heard about. This might be what you're referencing is that, in in the equation that we use to explain the expansion of our universe and how our universe is made up of all these different gases and everything this equation within that huge equation is a smaller equation and it's like word like you know every single number in the exact same sequence for running a web browser right so so i think that People's general problem with this is they can't accept the fact of them not being able to tell the difference between what's real and what isn't. Yeah. You know, everybody thinks that this feels real. I pinch myself. I can feel that, you know, like everything is tangible in within this amount of space and within this physical realm inside your mind you think is a physical realm whatever that we're trapped in you know what i'm saying everything is finite you think it has definition it's like a physical form but really it's 99 percent nothing yeah you know what i'm saying so it's like when when you start to think about it more and then it starts to make sense but until you have like a way to look at it different than feeling and touching and you know, then it's hard to let go of that. It's hard to like not grasp, you know, you, you just don't, you don't allow yourself to think that way. And so like what I'm trying to show everybody today is like a way to connect it all and, and look at it through the same perspective. There's so many things that people believe, religions, blah, 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 whatever, you know, there's a, there's a million things that people believe. And I'm going to connect a lot of them to one thing. And, and in a way that it could make enough sense for you to kind of grasp that if you give it a fair chance and think about all the things that add up, you know, then you'll see, okay, maybe there's something to yeah. this, you know, and that's, that's, that's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to show a point, you know, to make people question everything because nothing ever is set 
in stone. Everything is evolving. If we're evolving, everything is evolving. If we're in a simulation, it's happening right now as we're happening right now. So there's no way to get past that. There's there's a there's a wall there that we'll never break through because we're fucking, mm -hmm. you know, we're incapable of getting out of the programming. So it's like, you know, it, I don't know. You'll see. Yeah. You, and you know, I'm, I'll be able to... I think like like you're saying about how people have a hard time changing their outlook on it and it's because you know it's it's a lot more difficult than you know this isn't real this is fake yeah. you know what yeah. I mean like this is this isn't really happening because it is happening but it's happening because of all these different other things that are that are being you know put to use and <clears throat> it's it's also been like it's I can't really think of the right word for it, but like Hollywoodized, like it's been, yeah. it's because because of the Matrix, and it seems like every time that something serious or something crazy happens in the world, they'll make a movie about it that will be a huge blockbuster hit, and then it makes it to where it's not real, so where you're seeing it on a screen, there's somebody yeah. that you know is an actor is there dealing with it, and you're like, oh, this is like a fucking Hollywood problem. This isn't a real life thing. Yeah, so based on what you identify with is how you're going to perceive it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, so like whatever, if you're religious, you're going to perceive it as God. If you're um, a scientist, you're going to perceive it as math or coding or something like that, you know. If and that's what... If you believe in ancient astronaut theory, you're going to say it's fucking aliens. If you believe in aliens... If you believe in time travel, you're going to say it's time travel. If you believe in, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you believe in all these things, but I'm going to show you that it's all the same. Yeah, because I think that, I think that the part, the biggest part of this great journey of life is breaking these molds and these beliefs that you're given as a child, that you're born into, that you kind of get as you're, you know, younger and less experienced, and then you learn things and... I think that what I try to do is learn shit and I'm not stuck on anything. I try not to stick myself to any sort of idea. I'm constantly open to things and I think that that's what is like most important in life is gaining knowledge and moving and evolving and changing and you know changing your standpoint. If you if you believe in the same thing your whole life then you're fucking stubborn and you only just lived in this one area of life. Yeah, in a bubble. Yeah, so you know there's there's a lot of people that are listening to this and being like, okay, so these guys are obviously high and they think yeah, that everything else is new. They think everything's fake. But we're gonna fucking learn you something about it. So you want <laughs> you wanna play this first video? Yeah, I mean, okay, keep in mind all this shit is facts. None of this shit is none of this shit that I'm playing, none of these things that I have are theories. Yeah, this this isn't like some fucking guy in his in his fucking mom's basement talking into his webcam this is from ted's youtube from the ted talk youtube channel yeah this, yeah this particular and, video yeah and every every one that i pulled up is all based off of fact none of it is like you know hypotheticals yeah. it's all like you know it's all based on some real shit so we're, we're gonna go on a journey together so this is uh this is showing the incorporation of math and what is this? The uh, the Fibonacci, Fibonacci numbers. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, lay it on us. Arthur Benjamin. So why do we learn mathematics? Essentially for three reasons. Calculation, application, and last and unfortunately least in terms of the time we give it, inspiration. Mathematics is the science of patterns, and we study it to learn how to think logically, critically, and creatively. But too much of the mathematics that we learn in school is not effectively motivated. And when our students ask, why are we learning this, then they often hear that they'll need it in an upcoming math class or on a future test. But wouldn't it be great if every once in a while we did mathematics simply because it was fun or beautiful or because it excited the mind. Now, I know many people have not had the opportunity to see how this can happen, so let me give you a quick example with my favorite collection of numbers, the Fibonacci numbers. Yeah, I already have Fibonacci fans here, that's great. 
Now, these numbers can be appreciated in many different ways. From the standpoint of calculation, they're as easy to understand as 1 plus 1, which is 2. Then 1 plus 2 is 3, 2 plus 3 is 5, 3 plus 5 is 8, and so on. Indeed, the person we call Fibonacci was actually named Leonardo of Pisa, and these numbers appear in his book, Libera Bacci, which taught the Western world the methods of arithmetic that we use today. In terms of applications, Fibonacci numbers appear in nature surprisingly often. The number of petals on a flower is typically a Fibonacci number, or the number of spirals on a sunflower or a pineapple tends to be a Fibonacci number as well. In fact, there are many more applications of Fibonacci numbers, but what I find most inspirational about them are the beautiful number patterns they display. Let me show you one of my favorites. Suppose you like to square numbers, and frankly, who doesn't? <laughs> Let me show, let's look at the squares of the first few Fibonacci numbers, okay? So one squared is one, two squared is four, three squared is nine, five squared is 25, and so on. All right, now, it's no surprise that when you add consecutive Fibonacci numbers, you get the next Fibonacci number, right? That's how they're created. But you wouldn't expect anything special to happen when you add the squares together. But check this out. 1 plus 1 gives us 2, and 1 plus 4 gives us 5. And 4 plus 9 is 13, 9 plus 25 is 34, and yes, the pattern continues. Damn. In fact, here's another one. Suppose you wanted to look at adding up the squares of the first few Fibonacci numbers. Let's see what we get there. So 1 plus 1 plus 4 is 6. Add 9 to that, we get 15. Add 25, we get 40. Add 64, we get 104. Now look at those numbers. Those are not Fibonacci numbers, but if you look at them closely, you'll see the Fibonacci numbers buried inside of them. You see it? I'll show it to you. 6 is 2 times 3, 15 is 3 times 5, 40 is 5 times 8, 2, 3, 5, 8. Who do we appreciate? <laughs> Fibonacci, of course. <laughs> now, as much fun as it is to discover these patterns, it's even more satisfying to understand why they are true. Let's look at that last equation. Why should the squares of 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, and 8 add up to 8 times 13? I'll show you by drawing a simple picture. All right, we'll start with a 1 by 1 square, and next to that put another 1 by 1 square. Together they form a 1 by 2 rectangle. Beneath that, I'll put a 2 by 2 square, and next to that, a 3 by 3 square, Beneath that, a 5 by 5 square, and then an 8 by 8 square, creating one giant rectangle, right? Now, let me ask you a simple question. What is the area of the rectangle? Well, on the one hand, it's the sum of the areas of the squares inside it, right? Just as we created it. It's 1 squared plus 1 squared plus 2 squared plus 3 squared plus 5 squared plus 8 squared, right? That's the area. On the other hand, because it's a rectangle, the area is equal to its height times its base. And the height is clearly 8, and the base is 5 plus 8, which is the next Fibonacci number, 13. Right? So the area is also 8 times 13. Since we've correctly calculated the area two different ways, they have to be the same number. And that's why the squares of 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, and 8 add up to 8 times 13. Now, if we continue this process, we'll generate rectangles of the form uh, 13 by 21, 21 by 34, and so on. Now, check this out. If you divide 13 by 8, you get 1.625. And if you divide the larger number by the smaller number, then these ratios get closer and closer to about 1.618, known to many people as the golden ratio a number which has fascinated mathematicians, scientists, and artists for centuries. Now, I show all this to you because, like so much of mathematics, there's a beautiful side to it that I fear does not get enough attention in our schools. We spend lots of time learning about calculation, but let's not forget about application, including perhaps the most important application of all, learning how to think. If I could summarize this in one sentence, it would be this. <clears throat> Mathematics is not just solving for x, it's also figuring out y. 
Thank you very much. Stop. Yeah, so. That's crazy. Okay, so that, the Fibonacci sequence is in everything in life. Yeah. Okay, you know, like, it's like, like he said how those numbers go, numbers inside of numbers, inside of numbers, inside of numbers, inside of numbers, right? It's like, it's like a spiral that goes downwards to infinity. Uh-huh. You know, and, and every single thing in life is built from that exact sequence. So everything is like, let's say, uh, um, like a, like a storm, the shape of a storm is a spiral, the shape of the universe. If you cut open a fucking head of cabbage. The shape um, of a world, like a whirlpool. In a yeah, room. the fucking spiral on the cowlick on the back of your fucking head. Um, everything, a shell, a fucking snail, a fucking, you know, every, everything has this. Like those flowers, the fucking sunflower, the other type of flower, you know, like every single thing that's geometrical pattern has a shit because everything is made of math and numbers. Yeah. Everything is, it's like a everything code. is finite. It could all be understood through the numbers, right? So, so the Fibonacci sequence itself kind of like resembles a, uh, uh, multiverse theory, right? Yeah. So if you believe in the multiverse, it just happens. It just keeps happening, 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 happening. Cause it goes forever. So, uh, I actually, I actually heard this, this cool multiverse theory recently that, uh, was talking about like, like say if you if you take like like a pair of pantyhose and you pull it and stretch it slowly and you imagine that that is the universe expanding well eventually as you pull it and pull it there will be like smaller expansions that happen within it like little pieces of it will break and then there'll be smaller expansions that happen and this guy was uh, talking on Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast about like the multiverse theory. And he said that a lot of people see it as, you know, sectioned off bubble kind of multiverse thing. And the way that he sees it is like that, like that pantyhose stretching. Yeah. Like one within another one, within another yeah. one, within another one. Like, yeah, exactly. It, it just and keeps we're going and keeps yeah, going. And we're inside one of these little expansions and yeah. and no matter how far we go, we can never break that expansion because it's expanding faster than the speed of light. Yeah, never so ends. we'll never make it to the next universe. We'll just yeah. keep making it farther into the new one that we have. But yeah, it's weird that everything has this code. It's like a computer code. Like everything's written in. Everything has a base code. For anybody that knows anything about old school HTML or anything like coding or making websites or anything like that. Yeah. There's like a base code and certain things that everything has. All right, let's go to the next one for all the, uh, all the Jeebus believers. Oh, um, shit. Everybody who believes in God can appreciate the next one. All right, here it is. This one is called, is God a mathematician? We're going to find out. And I'm going to get high. Me too. Some people ask the question of what good is math? What is the relationship between math and physics? Well, sometimes math leads, sometimes physics leads, sometimes they come together because, of course, there's a use for the mathematics. For example, in the 1600s, Isaac Newton asked a simple question. If an apple falls, then does the moon also fall? That is perhaps one of the greatest questions ever asked by a member of Homo sapiens since the six million years since we parted ways with the apes. <coughs> if an apple falls, does the moon also fall? Isaac Newton said yes. The moon falls because of the inverse square law, so does an apple. He had a unified theory of the heavens, but he didn't have the mathematics to solve the falling moon problem. So what did he do? He invented calculus. So calculus is a direct consequence of solving the falling moon problem. In fact, when you learn calculus for the first time, what is the first thing you do? The first thing you do with calculus is you calculate the motion of falling bodies. 
which is exactly how Newton calculated the falling moon, which opened up celestial mechanics. So here's a situation where math and physics were almost co-joined like, like Siamese twins, born together for a very practical... Real quick, it's crazy how, like, how many times in history people that had nothing compared to what we have now have, like, just... Nailed it. Yeah, just thought differently, and they were like, what if this is happening? And fucking nailed it. And everything's, like, based off of that now, off of something that they figured out without any computers, any satellites, any fucking telescopes, nothing, none of that shit. Could it possibly be by design? Mm, I don't know. I think we might find out. Question, how do you calculate the motion of celestial bodies? Then here comes Einstein asking a different question. And that is, what is the nature and origin of gravity? Einstein said that gravity is nothing but the byproduct of curved space. So why am I sitting in this chair? A normal person would say, I'm sitting in this chair because gravity pulls me to the ground. But Einstein said, no, 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 no. There's no such thing as gravitational pull. The Earth has curved the space over my head and around my body. So space is pushing me into my chair. So to summarize Einstein's theory, gravity does not pull. Space pushes. But you see, the pushing of the fabric of space and time requires differential calculus. That is the language of curved surfaces, differential calculus, which you learn in fourth year calculus. So again, here's a situation where math and physics were very closely combined, but this time math came first. The theory of curved surfaces came first. Einstein took that theory of curved surfaces and then imported it into, into uh, physics. Now we have string theory. It turns out that 100 years ago, math and physics parted ways. In fact, when uh, Einstein proposed special relativity in 1905, that was also around the time of the birth of topology, the topology of hyperdimensional objects, spheres in 10, 11, 12, 26, whatever dimension you want. So physics and mathematics parted ways. Math went into hyperspace. And mathematicians said to themselves, aha, finally, we have found an area of mathematics that has no physical application whatsoever. Mathematicians pride themselves as being useless. They love being useless. It's a, it's a badge of courage being useless. And they said the most useless thing of all is a theory of differential topology in higher dimensions. Well, physics plotted along for many decades. We worked out atomic bombs, we worked out stars, we worked out laser beams. But recently, we discovered string theory. And string theory exists in 10 and 11-dimensional hyperspace. Not only that, but these dimensions are super. They're super symmetric. A new kind of numbers that mathematicians never talked about evolved within string theory. That's why we call it super string theory. Well, the mathematicians were floored. They were shocked because all of a sudden, out of physics came new mathematics, super numbers, super topology, super dif differential geometry. All of a sudden, we had supersymmetric theories coming out of physics that then revolutionized mathematics. And so the goal of physics, we believe, is to find an equation, perhaps no more than one inch long, which will allow us to unify all the forces of nature and allow us to read the mind of God. And what is the key to that one-inch equation? Supersymmetry. A symmetry that comes out of physics, not mathematics, and has shocked the world of mathematics. But you see, all this is pure mathematics. And so the final resolution could be that God is a mathematician. And when you read the mind of God, we actually have a candidate for the mind of God. The mind of God, we believe, is cosmic music, the music of strings resonating through 11-dimensional hyperspace. That is the mind of God. Damn. Okay, 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 hold on. Damn, <laughs> I'm too fucking high for this, man. Okay, now listen, he just said a couple of crazy things. Yeah, he did. And if, uh, and if, and if people out there aren't exactly following this, that's fine, because there's parts that I'm not following either. 
So, yeah. you know, we're not, we're, we don't, we don't claim to be some sort of calculus geniuses. I didn't even take first year calculus, let alone fourth year. So he said, is God a mathematician? Mm -hmm. Or is it programmed in a simulation? That is a 50-50 question, right? Yeah. Second thing he said is we think that it is sound frequencies vibrating string theories yeah out in the universe okay that's a Every, trick. everything if you go back and look one day they're going to be able to prove that the pyramids and all that shit was all built through sound resonance and all these things you know it's it's all going to come out eventually that that's how they did it because that's the only explanation you can do it that's the only way you can make things levitate it's the only way you can lift things without lifting it you yeah. know what i'm saying it's it's literally the only way so eventually well, I mean, this shit will be proven to be true and then that will help expose more okay now he, and and what else wait before saying, you before you move on about the sound they just uh they have this new method of like uh of treating kidney stones with sound did you hear about it yeah it breaks it apart yeah with fucking speakers and fucking breaks it apart so mm -hmm. we're uh we're just now learning to utilize that shit for, yeah, for you different can make, purposes. Uh, you could use different frequencies and put salt on a flat surface, and the different frequencies will make them change into different geometric patterns. Yeah, that's a trick. And that's only like it also makes things levitate. It does a million things. You could look it all up. It's all up video on YouTube everywhere. You know, like scientists do this shit on video all the time. It's like all this shit's proven. So everything is a thing within a thing. We're going to get back to that in a second. But we got one more thing for you. Um, religious fanatics coming from uh, one of you religious fanatics. <laughs> you know what I like? Galaxy. You know what a galaxy looks like? A hurricane. You know what a hurricane looks like? A seashell. You know what a seashell looks like? Your ear. Did you know that you resembled a galaxy? 1.618 is known as the golden ratio, the mathematical value that is found throughout the universe that seems to hint towards a common factor between everything. The fingerprint of God. You know what a fingerprint looks like? The top of your head, inside of a head of cabbage. It seems that both your head and the head of cabbage were designed, perfectly, mathematically designed. But that would imply a designer. Is there a God? Well, the atoms in your body are traceable to exploded stars in the sky. So physicist Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson said that not only are you in the universe, but the universe is in you. You are literally stardust. The law of conservation of matter states that matter can be changed from one form into another. Mixtures can be separated or made, and pure substances can be decomposed. But the total amount of mass remains constant. In other words, the total mass of the universe is constant. Whenever matter undergoes a change, the total mass of the products of that change is the same as it was in the beginning. In fact, it is scientifically law, a fact, that your body mass has been here since the beginning of the universe. You are 13.8 billion years old. Okay, trip out on that. That's fucking crazy. And, and I was like, I was listening to shit about, like, uh, about how, like, atoms act differently like the whole like quantum mechanics and uh like the the fucking the light slit experiment like the two slit experiment i think that we might have talked about it before maybe you and me mm -hmm. just watched it mm -hmm. but uh they found out that you know electrons act different when they're being observed and you know there's there's a slight difference between oxygen and h2o so if you add you know another element of oxygen and an element of hydrogen which is small on this atomic level it's just a couple extra particles that are just going around this atom just a couple extra little pieces and that makes it into water and you can see it as opposed to oxygen that you can't see here's this glass of water that you can clearly see but it's almost the same thing and it's made out of exactly the same shit so it's like everything is so are we yeah that's a trick. I got some more shit to back that up later. The time you've spent here on Earth is just how long you've been aware of your existence. But in actuality, you have been here since God said, let there be life. You said it with him. Are you God? Are you God? 
Speaking of God, did you know that there are about 20 numbers that dictate the state of this universe? The mass of an electron, the strength of gravity, electromagnetic force, numbers that create our universe. World-renowned physicist Dr. Brian Greene says that these numbers have been measured with incredible precision, but no one has an explanation as to why they have the particular values that they do. He says that if any one of these numbers were altered in even the slightest way, our entire universe would cease to exist. Our Damn. universe has been designed perfectly, mathematically designed. But that would imply a design. Is there a God? You ever felt like you were being watched, stared at? Then you turn around and see, yup, that weird guy six tables away was indeed staring at you. How did you know that? Could this be proof that there is some other medium by which information can be received other than the five senses? Do you see dead people? Probably not, but you do feel eyes. You do think about that person that you haven't talked to in months and then suddenly they call your phone. You do dream about things before they happen. You do speak about people and then they just pop up. You have created things out of sound. Speaking of which, did you know that if you take a plate of salt and play certain sound frequencies at it, that the vibrations will cause the salt to form into perfect geo? What's it called when, uh, when like a bunch of people make shit happen? Like a collective consciousness? Hive mind. Hive mind. That's some crazy shit too. Geometric shapes. These are pictures of sand created by simply exposing them to strong sound vibrations. Words can literally manipulate the matter around you. This is a picture of jars of rice after 27 days of speaking to them. The jar on the right, people only said, I love you to it. The jar on the left, people only said, I hate you to it. And thus, the I hate you jar molded astoundingly quicker. These are pictures of ice crystals. The bottom row was spoken to positively as they froze. The top row was spoken to negatively as they froze. These are the results. Damn. That's you can a real speak thing. your world into existence. There is power in your words. John 1 and 1 from the King James Version of the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. String theory postulates that the entire universe, including me, you, and this screen that you're looking at me on, is composed of microscopic vibrating strings of pure energy. Sound. Words spoken in a language that we don't fully understand. Living words. You are the living word. Are you God? If so... Nice to meet you. I love you. Crazy. Crazy, right? Yeah. Feel free to Google any of that shit if you don't think it's real. Yeah, that's some crazy. And I mean, it's always been a thing within within the cannabis community that weed farmers talk to their plants. And, yeah. you know, it was always when I was growing up, it's always like play music and talk to them, sing to them, say nice things, tell them you love them call them babies shit like that and that will make them grow better so that stands behind it could it be by design i don't know i think we're gonna find out so this uh this actually isn't a new thing i found out that this goes all the way back to ancient greece when they first started uh thinking about simulation theory and that what we're in might not be the actual reality there was like this old allegory that i heard and what it is is uh it's it talks about these people that are born in a cave like it's people that are held uh you know in slavery or in shackles and born into a cave and the way that they're chained in the cave they're facing the cave wall and they can't see anything else they can't see behind them they can't look around at anybody else they can't see themselves they could just see the wall and that's all they know their whole lives and there's a fire behind them and in between them and the fire is a path and people walk across the path and they see the shadows go across the wall and they hear the voices from people as they talk and they think that what they see on the wall is life and that those are people that they themselves are some sort of you know shadow person like that that those voices are coming from the wall because it's all just echoing through the cave. You can't really tell where the voice is coming from. And if they would be able to just break free from their chains, they would be able to turn around, step out of the cave, and see the whole world that's there. But because that's all they know, that's what they think life is. And that story was told way back when dudes were sucking each other off in bathhouses. <laughs> real shit though <laughs> yeah real that was told though. way way back in the day somebody thought but about again, that shit <clears throat> it has to be by design right i mean like if all of these things we've always done through nature for what reason 
you know, like talking to plants and things like that. Thinking of, of simulation theory um, thousands of years ago. Um, every everything we prove over and over and over and over and over again, and it just happens like it's like we re reliving the same shit over and over again, learning the same shit just to forget it all. Yeah, and then learn it all over again. It's like we're stuck in this fucking thing. Okay, so we're past the god point. Let's get back to uh, string theory. And um, another thing that ties into this, I think, is uh, something that we talk about a lot: the Mandela effect. The Mandela effect would be would be proof, just like uh, just like in there's this movie that kind of like has something to do with this, uh, The Matrix. That's what it's called, and just like in The Matrix, when the deja vu happens and it's some sort of glitch in The Matrix, you know, like the Ma deja vu is very real. I don't know about yeah, but you know. but deja vu or the Mandela effect or false memories or any of these things could just be some sort of glitch in the code some sort of rewriting was done wrong out of all the billions and trillions of numbers and letters that were going on or it could be time travel or it could be you know what i mean like, yeah fucking it, dude my, that's what my point is is my, that my homie it's all the same my homie mo was visiting over the past couple days and we were walking up to my house and i saw this little baby lizard fucking running through the grass right and it was the smallest baby blue belly lizard i've ever seen in my life like fresh little baby lizard straight out of the fucking lizard vagina or maybe lizards give birth out of their penises i'm not sure and i was like hey look at that baby lizard and then mo was like where and then as he looked down he stepped on it and it was like a loud pop and then i was like oh and he said man it's a good thing we weren't time traveling right now and it totally brought brought the mood back up. Lizard wasn't dead. And I was like, man, what the fuck? I guess you're right. It's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, time travel. What were we talking about? Time travel? Is that why string I started theory. talking about string theory? Let's see. This elegant, new version of string theory seemed capable of describing all the building blocks of nature. Here's how. Inside every grain of sand are billions of tiny atoms. Every atom is made of smaller bits of matter, electrons orbiting a nucleus made of protons and neutrons, which are made of even smaller bits of matter called quarks. But string theory says this is not the end of the line. It makes the astounding claim that the particles making up everything in the universe are made of even smaller ingredients, tiny, wiggling strands of energy that look like strings. Each of these strings is unimaginably small. In fact, if an atom were enlarged to the size of the solar system, a string would only be as large as a tree. And here's the key idea. Damn. Just as different vibrational patterns or frequencies of a single cello string create what we hear as different musical notes, the different ways that strings vibrate give particles their unique properties, such as mass and charge. For example, the only difference between the particles making up you and me and the particles that transmit gravity and the other forces is the way these tiny strings vibrate. Composed of an enormous number of these oscillating strings, the universe can be thought of as a grand cosmic symphony. And this elegant idea resolves the conflict between our jittery, unpredictable picture of space on the subatomic scale and our smooth picture of space on the large scale. Damn. Okay. So, uh, that's fucking insane, dude. Like, I didn't really know that much about string theory. Yeah. Until yeah okay, now. so, how cool is that, right? Yeah. How fucking cool is that? It's like, it just shows you every other thing that I've shown you so far 
has been one thing connected to the next, connected to the next, connected to the next, right? Like we're going down this hole together, but it's because of the universe. You know, like ha have you seen um, the thing that showed what it looks like as we're going through space um, revolving around the sun? Uh, no, I haven't. It looks like in slow motion from super far away, it would look like a bullet going through the sky with another bullet circling it. Yeah. That's, it. That's what it looks like, you know? And yeah. It just goes forever. And it's kind of like the sequence just go forever. Fibonacci sequence just goes forever down a spiral, down a path, just like our universe, just like the Big Bang. Yeah. Just like everything. Man, that's insane. All right, let's keep it going. All right, all right. To what extent is water capable of picking up information? What does it perceive? And how does it remember it over time? The Aerospace Institute in Stuttgart has discovered a relatively simple way of making the structure of a drop of water visible. The researchers have had their efforts rewarded by insights into a very beautiful world. Each drop has a face of its own, unmistakable and unique. What's going on in this video? Why are the individual drops so different from one another? We got a lot of people come to come on to now. a lecture hall here at the Institute, gave them all the same water, had them make drops at exactly the same time, collected all the drops and then discovered that each individual produced different images from the same water. And here you can see the results. There on the right you can see that the images of the individual students are different, but those made by a given student are all quite similar. This is the work of the first experimenter, this one here from the second, this from the third, and this from the fourth. Individually, they can quite easily be reproduced, but you would never have thought that they were all from the same water, because when you compare the images from the different people, you see some big differences. Then we undertook experiments to find out whether things changed when we put something into the water. A real flower was placed in the water. A while later, we took a drop of water, and here you can see one of the pictures. And you can see it in this picture. It's the typical image you get when you put a flower into water. You could recognize the flower in every single drop in this glass, of course. That can be reproduced and has significance. And if you were to put a different flower in here, for example, a sweet William flower, then all the drops of this water would look like sweet William. The statement that water has a memory practically changes our whole way of looking at the world, of course. Let's travel down the Rhine in the figurative sense. The water is flowing down the Rhine, picking up information everywhere it goes. So the water has more information at the mouth of the Rhine than it had at the source. And the Dutch, living at the mouth, when they drink that water, they're also drinking all that information. Thus, the world's oceans would no longer be something that separates us, but instead a giant storehouse of information, and the rain would perhaps be a data medium carrying information to the world. What? What? World's biggest computer. That's fucking insane, dude. Right. And recently... They just, they just put, like, uh, something on water, right? Yeah, recently it was uh, scientists in the lab were storing information and they said that they could store 700 terabytes of information in just like a couple of drops of water. And they were like, yeah, exactly, they were storing the, yeah, the it DNA. Yeah, it could store a terabyte water. in a tablespoon of water. Yeah. 700 terabytes into a single what? Yeah. Gram, to a single gram of water. Yeah, and you know, a terabyte can one terabyte can fit like a million songs. Yeah. So, so seven seven hundred terabytes. Seven hundred million songs. A song takes up so much amount of data, like a fucking however many gigabytes or whatever. 
you know and and then if you think about how much things you can store in that amount of gigabytes there's a lot of ones and zeros it's a lot of information so I, it's fucking nuts that the ocean could be the the biggest computer ever it could have all the universe's information and anything it's it, since it's ever existed it's been holding information yeah and it's like and it totally it's totally possible and makes sense now that uh I mean, obviously, they just proved that water has memory and can remember this shit, everything that it comes in contact with. And now that they can actually store shit on water, there was a Metalocalypse episode about that where they put their album on water. <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah. And they, like, had a little fucking, like, like a little thermos of water, and they pressed a button on it, and it played, like, some guitar solo. And he was like, I'm getting all my albums converted to water. And now that's a real thing. So... So think about this, how we run simulations today to predict things. We run simulations on the past to predict things in the future. You know, to think about like how things are going to turn out over like a set parameter or whatever. We run simulations on now about like what humans are going to look like in the future. We run simulations on all kinds of crazy shit. So it's not yeah, out so, of the realm of possibilities. To so think. here's this. Here's my theory. That, that's straight out of my head right now as I'm high. So what if there's some sort of uh, this like music and the string theory that's in the universe and what it is is it found this planet that is a certain distance away from a sun to where it can hold life and it wants to have this as, because I'm sure that you can create some sort of life force and have that mine information. And learn yeah, things at, for you, but here, yeah. look. What if, what what if they're trying to see if this is a good enough spot for them to set up some sort of life force? So we are the simulation. Not that we're in a simulation. We are the simulation. We're part of it. Just as if you were to make a simulation of a city and you were designed to design a bunch of buildings for the city. Yeah. So you're you're on to something right there. You're like you're absolutely right. Yeah, like we're and, not we're not even real. We're just designed so good that we think we're real. Yeah, so like there's no way to tell. That's my point. If we were a simulation, there's no way to ever know the difference because you can't break through the barrier. You would never be able to figure it out. Yeah. If you run a simulation, that simulation is going to run itself until it ends. Yeah. You know what I mean? And ours is exactly the same way. That's you know? the point on, of on the simulation. On every level, on a cellular level, on a fucking human being scale because we all – live and then die or whatever on a fucking grand universal scale on a fucking um everything you know so it's very comparable all right we got another video yep here it is human beings have been fascinated with the unknown of space for thousands of years and more recently traveling to other worlds we have sent satellites to distant planets and received images of places you thought only existed in our dreams or nightmares NASA, along with other agencies, are working around the clock to get us to Mars, to send humans to a new planet, the kind of stuff you see in science fiction movies. But mankind plans to not only land on, but in the end settle on and terraform Mars, while exploiting both of its moons. Once we have conquered Mars and we are happily settled on the red planet, hopefully our technology has advanced to the point where we can travel light years. Then mankind will venture into the darkness of the universe, away from the comfort of our own solar system. Obviously our technology will have to be largely advanced, as we all need a supply of oxygen, heat, water and food to survive in space indefinitely, and with interstellar travel, we will need lots of it. But let's assume that the human race has worked out all of these problems, and built a ship capable of things like artificial gravity to help prevent bone loss, and discovered a propulsion engine that can get us to light speed etc. How would interstellar travel change the human body? Would we start to evolve into a different state to those on Earth? Well, on Earth humans have been evolving for millions of years. Our early ancestors led the way in human evolution, and interstellar travelling could lead us to a new direction of evolution, a direction of space humans. Multi-generational ships would provide new conditions like breathing gas compositions, pressures, gravity and radiation environments along with other things that could act in early stages of embryo and fetus development. This will be natural selection of new selective agents on the human body. The types of new characteristics that could evolve would be very hard to predict, because mutation is ultimately random, and mutation is the origin of new characteristics. It's not entirely possible to say precisely what will happen, 
However, we do know that the human body does change under different conditions. Some people have migrated to higher elevations, where they are under somewhat less pressure. Their biology has changed to account for that, or to make it possible for them to live there. High altitude adaptation in humans is an instance of evolutionary modification in human populations. Studies have shown that their blood oxygen levels are different than, say, a low altitude person's. They also have deeper chests that allow better breathing. This special adaptation is now recognised as one of the finest examples of natural selection in action and has become the fastest case of human evolution in scientific record, as it is estimated to have occurred in less than 3,000 years. So if these changes have happened to people living on Earth, but just in different conditions, then the chances of the human body adapting to an off-Earth condition is very high. But evolution takes time, a lot of time. And if our technology is as advanced at this point to take us to new systems, then maybe we will control our own evolution. Maybe we will genetically adapt our bodies to be more sufficient in deep space conditions. Ideas such as eliminating our lungs so that we don't need oxygen. Or maybe getting rid of parts of our digestive system so that we don't need food. In the future there may be ways of energising our bodies fully by using nanobots. And some other ideas are to develop an advanced inner ear that could prevent motion sickness or genes for bone regeneration. Other suggestions are that we need to be smaller in stature, utilise our energy better and even lose our hair. All of this may sound a little far-fetched and predicting what will happen is practically impossible. We might become eight-armed jelly humans for all we know. But the fact of the matter is, we will have to change in some way or form to survive long-distance space travel, potentially becoming a new race of human beings. Totally makes sense. Who's to say we haven't already? Right. Who's to say that that's fucking... Isn't what time travel or aliens are that what we know now. Let's say... I've seen uh, simulations ran where they like seen what it would be like how we would evolve for like space travel like long space travel and like the, the ways that our bodies would change over time if we became a spacefaring cult like people yeah and it ultimately said by like towards the end of the simulation that we would all look like little gray aliens we would have big heads because most of our thing would be just brain power we would eliminate the use for needing to speak or any of those type of things we would have different ways of like feeding ourselves so we would be like super small we would be able we would have these giant heads with these big eyes and these fucking and that's exactly what it said we would look like and it's really trippy to me yeah that um you know people are like being saying they're being abducted and having these alien experiences and all these things that could be so similar to that and then it also could be us from the future yeah you know, if, if you think about that way then you have to think about that possibility you have to think about well shit maybe we're fucking evolved out there somewhere and we're coming back in time to fucking save us from some shit or like switch some other shit up or like maybe maybe make us advance faster for instance like yeah the fact that we've grown more in the last hundred years than we have in the last hundred million you know yeah <laughs> and like i don't know it's like it's crazy all all this shit makes sense yeah all of it. it does all, all of it sounds connected all of it sounds the one and the same it sounds like different variations of the same exact fucking thing over and over and over and over and people people like to say well if time travel exists then why haven't time travelers visited us yet but Maybe they are gray aliens, are the time travelers, and they all these people that are like, oh, I was I was visited in the night by aliens, I was abducted by aliens and <laughs> taken to some place. That is all just people fucking checking shit out from the future that have already evolved, because human evolution is the thing, and fucking or fucking maybe we're some uh, maybe we're some experiments of aliens, or may and maybe yeah. maybe we're not them. Maybe we're their simulation. Maybe we're fucking you know because there's a lot of shit that's that's been said about how you know um, we've been. Uh, bred with monkeys as like a fucking hybrid alien race, like a slave race to dig gold for fucking whoever's atmosphere. All this shit, right? All this, all this, that shit makes sense in a weird way too. If you break it down and you like follow the whole thing, their whole theory or whatever. So it's like that could be a possibility too. That's what I'm saying. It's like 
We could be some aliens fucking science project. We could fucking be the aliens. Or we could be fucking time travelers. We or, could be fucking Or the aliens know, could be could part be God. The aliens could be part of the simulation too, and they're also fake. And they're just Yes, uh, they're that's just good, thrown in. Somebody there's was another fucking bubble right there. <laughs> somebody was like, Hey, let's see what they do if we throw in some aliens, something that's not like them at all. Yeah, well let's let the fucking super brain tell us yeah we hear we hear a lot about aliens and their advanced brains but i bet you ain't never heard none of that yeah i love to watch science fiction movies but i cringe i cringe whenever i see a depiction of the aliens first of all the aliens speak perfect english not just british english they speak perfect american english Mm -hmm. and obviously they're a human inside some kind of monkey suit I mean, we have Hollywood special effects, right? So why can't we get better aliens? And then the aliens think just like us. They're territorial. They want to conquer. They want resources. They want, they see humans as inferior. But you see, that's only a byproduct of our evolution. Look at other animals in the animal kingdom. Some animals are not territorial, okay? They don't have to conquer. We have other paradigms in the animal kingdom which are totally different from the way our brain is constructed. But when we look at aliens in the movies, we're basically projecting our own consciousness in aliens. Our fears, our desires are projected and they are a mirror of who we are, not a mirror of who they really are. For example, if you take a look at a bat or a dog, the dog's brain is mainly interested in smells. It's swirling in a universe of smells, while a bat's brain mainly is concentrated on sonar, on detecting clicks and echoes. Same thing with the dolphin brain. Their consciousness is totally different from our consciousness because they see things differently than us because of their evolutionary history. For example, when we see a cat, and the cat comes up to us and starts to purr next to us, we say to ourselves, oh, nice cat. Cat is being affectionate. No, the cat is not being affectionate. It's simply rubbing his hormones on you and saying, I own this human. This human is mine. I'm marking my territory. This, hu- this human feeds me twice a day. I've trained him. So a cat sees the universe totally different than we do, and yet we impose our thinking on an alien. Now, on the question of intelligence, if these aliens are more intelligent than us, how would they be more intelligent? In the book, I say that one of the main ingredients of intelligence is to predict the future. The ability to simulate today so we see tomorrow. And that requires a high level of intelligence to be able to understand the laws of nature, the laws of people, what is the most likely outcome of a future event. That requires intelligence. If they are more intelligent than us, they will see the future much better than us. They will see outcomes that we cannot foresee. They will simulate scenarios that we cannot even dream of. They can outwit us every time. Think of a safe cracker. A safe cracker may have a low IQ, may have dropped out of elementary school, but the safe cracker can simulate the future much better than a cop can, and that's why he can rob banks and get away with it. And so in other words, the criminal mind is not necessarily stupid because it has low IQ. It's quite well adapted for what it does. And what it does is to simulate the future of a crime. Now think of what when we encounter intelligent life that is more intelligent than us. They may see the world totally differently. Their world may be a world of smells, a world of sounds, rather than a world of eyesight, like our brain is constructed. And most important, they may be able to see the outcome of future events much better than us. They'll be able to actually run circles around us because they see the future. You never know, man. It's all just a simulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think I think there's a really good chance. There's a really good chance that it's all a simulation. I'm not. Yeah, and I mean, like, I'm not gonna jump into it and say it's a simulation, but you know, I'm not gonna say it's not. 
Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter anyways. Right? It really it, doesn't. It doesn't fucking matter because there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. So it's, Either you, way. You're, you're helpless no matter what. You're a fucking speck on another speck floating in a fucking giant unfathomable pool of specks mm-hmm. that is insignificant as fuck and never going to mean anything. It's very true. So you might as well enjoy it, whatever it is, simulation or not. Yeah, right? I mean, that's what Jesus would do. Yeah. What would what would Jesus do? Enjoy it. Yeah. He'd fucking turn some water to wine and be like, it's a celebration, bitches. Yeah, because he figured it out, right? Yeah. And I mean, like, What's the secret to life, you know, really? It's different for everybody, but I mean, I think the main secret and goal to life is to fucking live the one you got. Yeah. You know, that's all you can do. It's just, I mean, like, yeah, the, the chances of you having a life at all are so fucking huge. You know, like the astronomical numbers of you even ever being born is crazy that it ever happened in the first place. So, I mean, like, to take it for granted is a fucking stupid thing. Yeah, and if you're lucky enough to live in, in a city or live in some sort of civilized area and have a car or a job or anything like that or a place to live, a roof over your head, you're listening to something on headphones or some sort of device right now, you know, you, you have... A lot more than some people out there. So it's uh it's like 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 you said, it's all about it's all about living your life and I think that what it is is finding something that you love, that you enjoy and pursuing it because there's so many different things in the world that people could do. Simulation or not, if it is a simulation, it's a damn good simulation. And they fucking made they made enough things to where you can't possibly do 1% of everything in the world in your lifetime. So, you know, find something that you're passionate about and pursue it and enjoy your life. Simulation or not. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we want to hear what you guys think. Hit us up on the Twitters, on the Facebooks, on our website, wherever. SoundCloud. Yeah, your mom's house. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we'll both be there yeah uh and let us let us know how you feel about it what do you think yeah that's what we think now you know shit got real son can we play the the more you know like sound at the end do you think they'll see us nah we got this all right well there it is guys the more you know natural habitat recordings